And now the weather. Expect partly cloudy skies with an excellent chance of maximum refunds. Wait, that can't be right. Oh, but it is. Who are you? I'm April, and we could see refunds raining down all tax season with people switching to TaxAct. TaxAct? The tax filing software that makes it easy to file for less and get more. New forecast. It's sunny days ahead for everyone using TaxAct. Always happy to brighten your day. Switch to TaxAct today and start for free. Restrictions apply. Price at filing subject to change. See TaxAct.com for details. Check out the latest footwear innovation from Adidas, the Zero Adios Pro 2, which features carbon fiber energy rods that are both lightweight and precisely tuned for a more anatomical transition. Everything from the ultra-light polyester upper to the re-sculpted midsole and the reinvented outsoles are designed for speed. Visit adidas.com to learn more today. You're listening to Wellness Talk with your host, George Batista. Welcome to the show this week. This is George. I'm glad you guys could be with us this week. Uh, this is Wellness Talk. For those of you who are just brand new listening to the show, this is a show that goes over the latest in health, healing, nutrition, fitness, everything we can do natural to hopefully live a uh, longer, happier, and healthier life. Wellness show uh, is for educational purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional medical advice of any kind. And it is not intended to treat, diagnose, prevent, or cure an illness. So if you want to make major changes in health, always uh, speak with your healthcare practitioner. Now, for those of you who listen to the show regularly, uh, realize that uh, uh, there was actually no show last week. And the reason why that was because of, uh, unfortunately, Hurricane Sandy did a number on the East Coast. And um, we were without power for a long period of time and a lot of damage here, which was uh, very sad, actually. And um, so we really couldn't get the show out last uh, last week, which, uh, you know, was kind of not good. But, you know, uh, everything's, you know, recovered. Well, uh, at least with me, everything's recovered now. And um, so we're ready to get on board, do the show and uh, get you caught up with the latest on health and healing. Now, um, as always, you can go to uh, uh, you can go to Facebook if you're on Facebook to check out the information. And the show is uh, is a facebook.com forward slash wellness talk. And you can check out the articles that I post there as well. If you want to speak with me, you can ask me a question through there. Uh, I do consulting on a regular basis. Uh, if you want to consult with me, you can speak with me regarding my consulting packages. Um, you can uh, reach me at georgebatista.com uh, or again through Facebook as well. Either way, um, I will, uh, you know, I'll answer any of your questions uh, regarding pretty much anything. All right. Um, and by the way, those of you who were affected by uh, Hurricane Sandy or in the East Coast, uh, you know, hope you and your families are doing well and, uh, you know, getting back to, uh, you know, hopefully a normal life. All right. Um, well, a few things uh, that we need to catch up on. <clears throat> First thing I'm going to go over this week is uh, Proposition 37. And for those of you who don't know, uh, I'm not sure if you've been 
keeping up with it or not. But uh, Proposition 37 with a, um, <clears throat> was a uh, regulation or a law that they were trying to pass in California to regulate uh, or uh, regarding genetically modified foods and the labeling of them. And basically what the law, what, what was going on was that uh, they were trying to mandate that that all genetically modified foods are um, are labeled uh, in California, so people have the choice whether they want to, uh, you know, consume a gen- genetically modified food or not. Now, just so you know, you know, genetically modified foods are in a lot of the foods that are out there, you know, um, and uh, you know, there's no there's no law that says that they have to be labeled, and they have not been proven safe. Um, they have not, um, and, and there's a lot of evidence to show that they can be, you know, harmful, but they're all over the place, you know, in, in most foods that people consume, unless you're consuming, you know, organic foods or raw foods and things like that. So, um, I was one who was completely for the labeling of genetically modified foods because, um, I just think that we should be able to know exactly what is in our food. You know, that's why we read labels. That's why the health conscious people read labels and begin with, because, you know, you, you want to know what you're putting in your body. I just, I, you know, that to me, that's, that's common sense. So, uh, there was a big, there was a big thing going on out there in California and I was hoping that this would pass. However, just this past week, um, it was, um, pretty much, uh, voted down and, not because the people in California are, are you know, <clears throat> many of the uh, population in California didn't want it. But part of the problem, and I'm reading, and this is an article, um, I'm referring to an article here from, by Ethan Huff, and this is from Natural News. Part of the problem is that when you have giants like Monsanto and Dow and Kraft Foods and dozens of other industry large players out there, these giant uh, food industries and all these other different types of chemical industries, when you have the backing of those types of industries, it's very difficult to to uh, fight. It's like a David and Goliath type of situation, basically. It's very difficult for the health industry, or the, at least the alternative or natural health industry, to, to fight them because um, they have a lot of money on their side. They control a lot of the media. They control a lot of the ad, you know advertising and things like that, uh, and they control a lot of the food. So, you know that's part of the problem. So, what ended up happening was even though <clears throat> uh, the natural foods people and the health people out there were trying to move this along and try to get this passed, uh, unfortunately, it was just a lot of money thrown. Uh, at the situation by these big companies and uh, ended up um, pretty much scaring a lot of people. And, uh, I mean, uh, literally it's about $45 million that were spent in here. And, and again, this is this is coming from uh, this article, which I'm going to quote. It says, uh, for the past few weeks, Californians have, have had to endure a seemingly endless barrage of misleading television commercials and phony voter guide mailers urging them to vote against the labeling proposal because it would it would allegedly cost tax, taxpayers and consumers 
millions. So basically, they went into this big propaganda campaign that it would cost too much money to do this, and they would have to pass this along to the consumers, in turn making food prices higher and um, just causing a lot of, of problems, which which is a claim that that that's mostly disagreed with because in order i mean these these companies change their labels all the time so all of a sudden now to change your label to say that it's genetically modified now all of a sudden it's going to cost us amount of money i i just don't see that but um it's it's ridiculous and now the 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 sad part about it is that the long the los angeles times reported back in september that 61 percent of the registered voters supported Proposition 37, while only 25% opposed it. So obviously there was there was a big push for this by the people in California, especially by the health-conscious people in California, and I applaud them for that. But again, when you have, um, you know, when you're fighting this, this type of David and Goliath fight, it's very difficult. Um, and it, it could be anything. It may not just be the, the the labeling of food. It could be the pharmaceutical industry. It could be the medical industry. It could be all these different types of things. But um, unfortunately, this is what happened. However, what they are saying here, and I think this is good news, uh, and it says here is that... Uh, <clears throat> It said that, um, and I'm quoting this, the good news, however, is that more than 4.2 million Californians saw through the lies of Monsanto and voted in favor of Proposition 37, despite the propaganda campaign. So what they're saying is that there is a movement afoot, is, is, is the message here. And I think that, I think this is not the last time you're going to hear anything regarding this. I think this is only going to get bigger. I think people are going to start to rally behind this. And I think uh, if this happens again, I think there's a good chance that it does pass. And then if it does pass, I think that it's even better chance that it actually will become, all the other states will start to um, get on board with this because I think people are going to want to know what's in their food. People are not going to want to consume genetically modified food on a regular basis due to health concerns. Um, So... I, I think this is going to be, you know, it's kind of like, you know, you lose the battle but win the war type of situation. So I think this is, this is what that is. And I'm hoping that, um, that it becomes a bigger issue as we go along. And those of you who are, you know, um, those of you who want to know what's in your food and want to consume more natural ingredients and organic ingredients, I, I you know, I ask you <clears throat> to... Um, any any kind of movements or any kind of votes that happen to please support them, be in favor of them, and to make your voice heard. Because the only way these things are going to happen is if you rally together, make your voices heard, and really uh, make a big push um, for this. So that's just my little rant on this. But um, you know, so hopefully uh, we'll see more of this as as we go along. Okay, moving on. <clears throat> We're going to talk about some new studies uh, about blueberries. Blueberries is one of the best superfoods out there. I love blueberries. I consume them on a regular basis, and I think many people should. So this is from the Natural Medicine Journal, and they were talking about some major studies that were done on uh, blueberries. And now blueberries have in them... Uh, what's called anthocyanidins, which are 
which basically um, there that's what makes them a superfood and it, it it actually helps with markers of oxidative stress and inflammation and the filial function all these different types of things that blueberries do and is they're, they're just incredible it's an incredible superfood now I'm quoting here. It is a study published in August 2007 in which 168 volunteers drank a daily glass of blueberry slash apple juice for a month, found that plasma quercetin, uh, ascorbic acid or vitamin C, and Trolox equivalent antioxidant capacity were significantly increased. So basically, uh, the blueberries or the blueberry juice increased. Uh, all these antioxidants in your body, uh, including you know vitamin C and quercetin and all these things, um, this was a twenty percent increase in the antioxidants in your body. It's fantastic. Okay, so that's one of the and, and part of this study, just so you know, was um, a couple of studies that there was a bunch of studies uh, or kind of a meta analysis that they looked at. So they're they're talking about a bunch of studies in one. Uh, another one in the October 2010 uh, paper published in the Nutrition Journal reported that chemicals in blueberries improve insulin sensitivity in obese, insulin-resistant men and women. So now we're talking about insulin resistance, diabetes, those types of things. And a double-blind, randomized, con- uh, controlled trial, which are some of the best controlled trials out there, 15 obese volunteers drank smoothies twice a day, each of which contained 22.5 grams of blueberry uh, bioactives, while a control group consumed similar smoothies but without the blueberries. Now, insulin sensitivity improved more in the uh, blueberry group than in the placebo group. The daily dose of bioactives consumed by these study participants contained 668 milligrams of anthocyanins, which is equivalent basically to two cups of fresh uh, blueberries. So this is great. I mean, and, and that's why I always say to get your blueberry, you know, if, if, if you're not going to eat two or three cups of blueberries a day, which not everybody's going to do, um, or, you know, my suggestion would be to get a blueberry concentrate, or you can also get, um, get frozen blueberries, which are usually available all the time, even if you can't get blueberries uh, you know, regularly, or they're not in season. But what you can do is get the frozen blueberries. You can put them in your smoothies, and this is a great way to get your blueberries and your anthocyanins uh, every day. Now, another one here is uh, this was in 2010, and this was uh, from the University of Cincinnati. Reported nine older adults who drank a daily serving of wild blueberry juice. Uh, had significant improvement in cognitive function, including uh, paired associated learning and word list recall. They also tended towards a reduction in depressive symptoms. And here's, an, here's, an, here's another one. Uh, December 2011, Italian researchers reported that regular consumption of a blueberry drink improved intestinal flora. So now blueberries are even acting as a, as a kind of a, pro, a probiotic. And after, um, uh, you know, this is, uh, it says after six weeks, bifidobacterium uh, significantly increased uh, 0.5%. So literally now blueberries, I mean, th- think about this, you know, this whole situation now. Blueberries are protecting you. Uh, they're, they're boosting your antioxidant status. 
They're helping with insulin resistance and insulin sensitivity. They're helping with, um, with cognitive function. They're helping with intestinal flora. I mean, this is fantastic. You know, this is, you know, you, you really want to get the, the benefits of these blueberries on a regular basis because, um, I mean, to me, this is better than most drugs out there especially if you're consuming them on a regular basis. Now, again, the reason why I say to get them in a drink or a health drink or something is because it's harder to eat them. And sometimes, especially if you're not getting them organic, you may not always get the value of them because, uh, you know, they they do have pesticides on them if you're not getting them organic and things like that. And a lot of that has to be stripped away by the body, has to be detoxed. Um, so you may not get the full value, but if you get them, if you if you get them in a juice or you juice them or you or you get them in some kind of powdered, concentrated form, that's where you're really getting the maximum benefit. So those of you who are drinking those types of things on a regular basis, continue doing it. You're doing your body a lot of good. Okay. Uh, did you know that a single, a single junk food meal damages arteries leading to increased risk of heart disease? A single junk food meal, one junk food meal. Um, this was very interesting. This is from Natural News, John Phillip. Now, you know, a lot of people are told that, um, that you know, if they eat something that's not good for them, well, it's not going to harm them or it's not going to kill them on the spot. And, and you know, it's not going to kill them on the spot, no. But, um, you know, so you know, moderation in all things. Um, you know, they, they're, they're told this type of philosophy. Well, this is kind of turning this a little bit on its head because what this is saying is that if you have a uh, one, they, they did a study here and I'm going to go over this one junk food meal actually literally has an effect on your endothelial cells. And these are the, the cells that, that um, <clears throat> the inner lining of the cells that go to lead to the heart and, and, and have to do with circulation and all these types of things. Um, this is very interesting. Um, this was the researchers from the University of Montreal in Canada has published the result of a study in the Canadian Journal of Cardiology that shows how eating a single junk food meal composed of uh, mainly saturated fat is detriment- detrimental to the arteries. Now, they found that they, the study was basically 28 healthy people, okay, and these were men, non-smoking, who were very healthy, and they put them on two diets. They had them eat a Mediterranean type of meal, and then they were also fed uh, a junk food meal a week later. And what they did was they studied their endothelial lining um, after they eat each meal. Okay, so so they, they had the Mediterranean first, and then a week later they had the junk food meal. At the outset of the study, each participant underwent an ultrasound to determine endothelial function. Okay, and uh, the men first ate healthy foods, including salmon, almonds, vegetables, and cooked olive oil. Uh, you know, basically kind of a Mediterranean uh, diet type of uh, type of meal. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then, then they uh, then they ate a junk food meal, including a sandwich made of sausage, an egg, and a slice of cheese, and three hash browns. Now, of course, this type of meal is is pretty common for a lot of people out there. I mean, some people eat this stuff on a regular basis for breakfast. 
And then what they did was they had an ultrasound at two and four hour intervals after eating, determining their endothelial function. Okay, so the study, now here's what they found. The study team found that after eating the junk food meal, the arteries of the study participants dilated 24% less than they did in the fasting state. In contrast, the arteries were found to dilate normally and maintain good blood flow after the Mediterranean meal. So how about that? So, it's, so it was a significant difference in just what they ate. Now, <clears throat> you have to understand that um, a junk, you know, the junk food meal, what it does is it decreases the vessel elasticity by nearly one quarter, to in, which, which, can, which can lead to increase in heart, heart attacks. You, we all know that your endothelial function is crucial, and the endothelial lining is going towards the heart are crucial to um, elasticity, to maintaining good blood flow, to maintaining, um, you know, to, to make sure, making sure you're, you have decrease uh, in, in heart disease and, 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 um, and heart attacks and things like that. So if that endothelial lining is damaged, or if you you know, or if it's uh, if you know if it's problems or there's plaque or whatever it is, it could be it can mean a lot of things. It can be oxidized LDL cholesterol. Um, the endothelium could become unstable. It can lead to elevate, um, elevated blood sugar. It can lead to micro cracks that can accumulate foam, um, foamy plaque, which can lead to a heart attack. These are all things that can happen when the endothelial linings are not are not functioning correctly. And then a lot of it has to do also with um, with nitric oxide. You know, you have certain things in your food that, um, that induce... Check out the latest footwear innovation from Adidas, the AdiZero Adios Pro 2, which features carbon fiber energy rods that are both lightweight and precisely tuned for a more anatomical transition. Everything from the ultra-light polyester upper to the re-sculpted midsole and the reinvented outsoles are designed for speed. Visit adidas.com to learn more today. Pet food bags are covered in pretty pictures of healthy food, but the highly processed pellets inside are far from it. Make the switch to The Farmer's Dog. It's real food made fresh and delivered right to your door. The Farmer's Dog worked with top vets to create ready-to-serve meals using fresh, human-grade meat and vegetables. They contain everything your dog needs to stay healthy and nothing they don't. Go to thefarmersdog.com slash listen to save 50% on your first box with free shipping. That's thefarmersdog.com slash listen. Reduce a nitric oxide, which is a relaxing of the blood vessels as well. This is all a part of it. One of the things is magnesium. These foods don't have you know, good quantities of magnesium in them, obviously. So that's part of the problem too. But this is, I mean, this is an eye opener because this is basically saying when you eat one meal, one serving of junk food, I mean, it, it automatically right, right off the bat, it can affect your endothelial lining. So now imagine people doing this every day, every week, every month, you know, so little by little, the elasticity of the endothelial lining is is being affected, and you know a year out, two years out, you're 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 at greater risk for heart attack and, and heart disease. So again, this is very very interesting. This is something to think about when you're making your choices out there as far as what you want to eat um, to try to make the healthiest choice possible because you are you know I, I've heard it said that, and I agree with this every 
decision you make has a consequence. Okay, even if you eat that French fry, you eat that hamburger, you eat that, uh, you know, you eat that meal loaded with saturated fat, you may eat it. You may not eat it again for another two or three weeks, but you know what? Eating that meal has a consequence. It does have a consequence. It may be a small one, but it's going to have a consequence. Now, the problem is, is that when those consequences add up over time is where you start to get into your problems. So it all starts with healthy behaviors. And those healthy behaviors, and my mantra has been, those healthy behaviors, little by little, over time, can lead to either a heart attack or little by little, over time, can lead to you being staying healthy and growing you know, um, healthier in your older age. So something to think about as you're, uh, as you're eating. And along those same lines, our nutrient for the day, or one of the nutrients for the day, because we have a couple this week, is... Ashwagandha. Now, we all know that um, <clears throat> stress reduction, uh, relaxation is a huge part of, of uh, well, it's definitely a huge part of my program when I talk about um, wellness and, and nutrition and, and just being, you know, your, your overall well-being. I talk about meditation. I talk about stress relief. I talk about things that you can eat that that can even help you um, relax and, and reduce stress, things that you can take and all these things. And um, there's so many of them out there. But we have now another one, which is ashwagandha. Now, ashw- what is ashwagandha? It's, it's basically a widely used Ar- Ar- Ayurvedic herb. Okay, now Ayurveda is, is a great form of uh, kind of like a natural holistic healing. It's been done for centuries and uh, it's used a lot in the Indian traditions. And one of the herbs they use is ashwagandha. Now, ashwagandha, um, it helps to promote relaxation and anxiety reduction. Um, and it's a natural adaptogen, which protects the nervous system and enhances the ability to uh, minimize the effects of stress and anxiety. So those of you who are dealing with stress and anxiety, um, this is something you can add to your toolbox. Now, this is from Donna Norick. And it says uh, ashwagandha has also exhibited superior protective qualities, which help to reduce uh, degenerative effects of stress on the hormone system. So this is great. Uh, those of you, again, dealing with stress who are, you know, maybe have a stressful job, stressful relationships, whatever it is, or having trouble sleeping, those types of things. Ashwagandha is something you can add here. Now, in one study, they had a study here that participants reported an enhanced sense of well-being more restful sleep, and lower levels of perceived stress. And it also demonstrated impressive benefits in reducing the level of highly destructive stress hormone, cortisol. Now, cortisol, we know, again, it's the stress hormone that's highest in the morning. The problem is that a lot of people who are stressed have high levels of cortisol even into the evening hours, which is when it's supposed to decline. So that's when you have, you know, you, you start to get into trouble sleeping. And I'm going to go into some of that a little bit later regarding uh, some sleep um, tips that we have here. Now, studies have shown that the herb inhibits the growth of various types of cancer cells in a lab, although further human study study is uh, necessary. So it's they're, they're showing some effects on cancer, which is good uh, with this. And... <clears throat> Ashwagandha appears to inhibit the growth of supporting uh, of uh, the growth of supporting blood vessels, which uh, supply cancer cells with oxygen and other nutrients to feed on. So the blood supply 
that, you know, for example, if, if cancer cells are developing the body, the cancer cells have a, uh, get a, uh, a blood supply, um, you know, have to get a blood supply in order to survive. So, you know, that blood supply, they, <clears throat> they try to, you know, try to get sugar, they try to get all different types of nutrients to help or things to help the uh, cancer grow. Well, this is appearing to actually inhibit the growth of, of these blood vessels, which supply the cancer cells, which is good. Um, you know, cancer cells also to grow also use cholesterol. That's one of the things that they use to, uh, for replication as well. Now, this means it slows and inhibits the growth of cancerous tumors, which begin to thrive and multiply based on this network of supportive blood vessels. So, <clears throat> this is fantastic. This is, I, I know a lot more work is going to be done on ashwagandha, but I, it's something you can definitely look into. And the best part, and it says here, the best part about it is it has minimal side effects. Um, you know, it's, it is not recommended for use by pregnant women. Uh, some experienced uh, sleepiness have taken it right before bed, which may be a good thing if you're dealing with sleepiness in general, um, or, if you're or if you're dealing with uh, a problem with sleeping anyway. And, um, but many people report that it does help them sleep very well through the night. So, um, you know, take a look at it. Again, this is ashwagandha, and it's, uh, this is spelled A-S-H-W-A-G-A-N-D-H-A. So it's something for you people, you know, for everyone to look into, um, you know, and um, it's a great Ayurvedic herb. Okay, next. What happens when you don't get enough sleep? Well, I'm going to tell you a lot of things because we're told that um, you can be susceptible to a lot of different um, problems, illnesses, and, and conditions and stress and all kinds of poor eating habits. Well, it's even worse than that. So this is this is from Dr. Joseph Barcola, and this is talking about sleep deprivation. Uh, I'm going to quote some of this here: uh, sleep deprivation for as little as 29 hours has the same effect on your immune system as physical stress or disease to which. Uh, to which uh, is why you may feel ill after a sleepless night. Now, let's talk about, you know, obviously we know that sleeping is one of the cornerstones of optimal health. It is the time where your body detoxifies. It is your ultimate house cleaning time. It is the time where your lymphatic system is, getting, uh, is, is cleaning out the junk. It is a time where your growth hormone is secreted. Uh, it is the time where uh, your your body just goes through this whole type of detoxification. It's also the time where you can use it for fat burning if you're eating the right way. Um, just uh, so many things happen when you sleep. And then also just helping with mental, uh, cognitive mental function. Um, if you don't get enough sleep, especially for you know, a number of days, you'll start noticing a difference in that. So, But let's talk about, first of all, <clears throat> the... Um, if you if you're not sleeping, what can happen? Okay, because this is uh, this is some serious stuff. Number one, it could be an increase in risk of heart disease, and it can raise your blood pressure. It can harm your brain by halting new neuron production. It can uh, aggravate or make you more susceptible to stomach ulcers. It can contribute to pre-diabetic state, making you feel hungry even if you've already eaten. It can increase your risk of cancer. It can contribute to premature aging by interfering with your growth hormone production, 
normally released by a pituitary gland uh, or your ghrelin as well. It can worsen constipation. It can increase your risk of dying from any cause. Uh, it can also exacerbate a chronic disease. Any of these chronic diseases, such as Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, gastrointestinal disorders, kidney disease, multiple sclerosis, behavioral problems in children. Um, these are all things that can be, and these are just some of them. These are all the things that can be affected by a lack of sleep on a regular basis. You know, I mean, you know, realistically, if, you know, in a perfect world, we would all get eight to 10 hours of sleep every single night. And and you should try to, you know, some people do better on seven. Some people do better on eight. You know, uh, everybody's a little, everybody's body is a little bit different. Uh, I know, I know for me, if I sleep more than eight or nine hours, I'm actually more tired when I get up. Uh, and that's, I've always been that way. So, but, but I know people who can sleep 10 hours a night and be fine. So every, again, everybody's different. However, you want to get at least, uh, a good, a good, uh, at least over six Six to seven hours of sleep at night, if at all possible. Now, with people's schedules these these days, it's very difficult. But um, that's what you want to aim for. <clears throat> now, the, you know uh, they're they're talking about. He's talking about here. Previous study demonstrated that connecting the human body to the earth during sleep normalizes the daily cortisol rhythm and improves sleep. So, now those of you who are you know who are having problems sleeping, because there's there's a, there's a ton of reasons why. You can have problems sleeping. I mean, it, it can be internal problems. It could be external problems. It can be a combination of problems. Um, you know, so th- there's there's many reasons why you can have a problem. Uh, number one, when he talks about cortisol, you have to remember that your body works on a, on a cycle. There's a cycle that 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 you know the, called the circadian rhythms that your that your body uh, you know kind of goes through. Okay, and it's a normal waking and sleep cycles, and cortisol again <clears throat> is highest in the morning because what cortisol does is it basically it kind of wakes you up. It it it's, it turns your light switches on and it helps you get ready for the day. And then as you go through your day, your cortisol levels kind of normalize and then start to go down towards the end of the day to the point where you're sleeping or to the point where you're where you're heading to the night or going to bed because that's the natural rhythm. However. If you are under chronic stress, okay, if you're under a lot of stress on a regular basis, your cortisol levels can remain chronically high, which can uh, lead to sleep problems. So people notice that, you know, they, they're just not sleeping or they they're have racing thoughts or they're, they're um, you know, they're jumpy in their sleep, things like that. This can be cortisol problems. This can be from stress. So again, and this goes back to what I was talking about with ashwagandha, those types of things. Anything that can help you reduce sleep is, uh, or uh, reduce your stress is going to, you know, hopefully help you here. Now, other things that can cause, um, uh, you know, problems sleeping, and this is internal, uh, congestion, um, lymphatic congestion. And these are things that if your systems are not flowing correctly, uh, this can cause a problem as well. This can cause... Um, this can cause you even your hands or your sleep to fall asleep in the middle of the night. Uh, this can cause you, um, you know, <clears throat> when you wake up in the morning, you get that kind of uh, thing in your throat, that type of thing. Um, all these things can cause can cause sleepiness. Other things that can cause them, um, if you're taking medications, things like beta blockers, 
blood pressure medications are are notorious for for helping to disrupt sleep pro, uh, um, sleep patterns. Uh, and then we have another thing called substance P. Now, substance P is released in from your brainstem, and it's basically released out into your nerve endings. And substance P is like it's a chemical released in your body. It's it's usually released during high stress. Or if you've had a trauma, if you've had an injury, if you had an infection, some kind of bacterial infection, all these different types of things. If you have gut imbalance, a lot of times substance P can be released in the in the skin, and or in the hands and things like that. Substance P can come out um, as acne. It can come out as a rash. Um, People who feel itchy sometimes have excess substance P. People who are again jumpy at night feel maybe when you're sleeping you feel this jumpiness at night you can't get your body back sometimes that's excessive substance p even people with fibromyalgia sometimes have an issue with substance p but this is again released in your body due to a you know intense stress or different types of things like that so that's another thing so things to minimize substance p is another thing that you want to work on if you're dealing with um, sleeping problems so you know <clears throat> those are some of the internal things External things can be um, just things in your environment, things you have to look, uh, look at. And, and he, Dr. McCullough, has some suggestions here um, for your environment that you want to take a look at. Uh, number one, the use of uh, you know light-emitting technology such as your TV, iPad, and computer. Don't use those before you go to bed because these things can disrupt your sleep cycles. Okay, these emit a type of light uh, that will suppress melatonin production. Now, melatonin is very sensitive to light, and um, you know this is this is part of your whole symphony because melatonin, <clears throat> excuse me, is is produced in your body by part of it is your leptin production in your body, which governs your um, which governs your hormones, and one of the things it governs is your melatonin production. So, um, you know, this will suppress it, and this will hamper your ability to fall asleep, and um, you know, melatonin helps to suppress harmful free radicals in your body and slows the production of estrogen, which can activate cancer. So, um, you know, you want that melatonin production when you're sleeping. If you're not getting that mel- uh, melatonin production on a regular basis, this can cause a lot of problems. Um, you want to make some adjustments to your sleeping area. Okay, that's another thing. Um, uh, just try to make some adjustments in your, whether it's your pillow or your or your bed, or whatever you maybe change your mattress, change your pillows, whatever you need to do. Another thing, another thing, um, cover your windows with black shades, drapes, because you want to sleep in complete darkness. Because even a tiny bit of light in the room can dis- can disrupt your pineal gland uh, and your pineal gland's uh, production of melatonin. And now you got to remember that uh, uh, the melatonin precursor, precursor serotonin. Uh, thereby, you know, if you, if you don't have these things being produced, this can, you know, disrupt your sleep cycle as well. Okay. Make sure that the door is closed. Um, and another thing is if you have an alarm clock, if you're on an alarm clock too close to your head, a lot of people have it very, very close to their head. Um, this is another thing that can, you know, that can disrupt it as well. Okay. So, um, try to keep the alarm clock at least three feet away from your head if possible. You know, just put a little bit louder if you needed to, to, to wake you up in the morning. But um, these are things that can, that can cause problems. And the temperature in the room. Uh, he says here, keep the temperature in your room at least 70 degrees 
uh, at or below 70 degrees because many people keep their homes, particularly in their upstairs bedrooms, too warm. Now, studies have shown that the optimal room temperature for sleep is actually cool uh, between 60 and 68 degrees. So keep your room a little bit cooler to help with uh, sleep. Okay. And um, this will work. And, you know, those of you who are cold or dealing with cold issues, you know, a lot of, uh, I would say just, you know, throw on a couple of more blankets or maybe put some uh, more, a couple of layers of clothes on and sleep that way. But I think if you keep the cool room, and I know this has worked for me as well, this can help you with um, better sleep. Now, other things you can do during the day. Uh, obviously, meditation can help with sleep, uh, uh, helping you sleep. Aerobic exercise on a regular basis helps to calm, um, helps to calm muscles, helps to calm nerves. It la- I mean, um, the aerobic exercise lasts actually about maybe 24, can last up to 24 hours after you do it. And this can actually help to start to get your cycles more in rhythm to sleep. It can start to calm your nervous system. So aerobic exercise is good. Reading before you go to bed. You know, the worst thing to do is watch television before you go to bed, if you're having sleep problems especially. Um, so read something before you go to bed. That helps. And then <clears throat> things you can take. Again, melatonin uh, before bed. Um, what's worked for people that I've worked with in the past, and even me myself, taking magnesium, taking a good magnesium supplement, um, I would say in the afternoon, and then taking it again in the evening. Magnesium actually helps you with, uh, <clears throat> with calming your nervous system. It helps to relax the muscles. It's kind of a natural uh, muscle relaxer if you take it in good quantities. And it helps with endothelial function, helps with nitric oxide function, but it helps you to relax. That's been also, that also helps. Other things, valerian root. Valerian root tea or valerian root in capsule form. Um, that is excellent. The only thing is that if you're taking valerian root as a supplement, not in the tea, it smells horrible, just so you know. Chamomile tea. Excellent. Um, take it maybe. I would suggest maybe taking chamomile two to three, maybe two hours at least before you go to bed because um, if you drink it too close to when you go to bed, you'll be having to get up and run to the bathroom all the time, and that can help. That can disrupt it as well. Um, and then again, back to ashwagandha. Ashwagandha. You know, again, it's an it's a it's a relaxant. Helps to calm endothelial nerves. All these things can be used in conjunction if you're having sleep problems. Um, you want to work on stress, you want to work on your environment, you want to work on the herbs and, and the vitamins, things that can help you relax, you want to work on stress reduction, all these things in combination. And, and try different combinations. You've got to remember that everybody's different. Everybody's combination is going to be different. So not, not, everything's, going to, not everything's going to work for everyone. But um, if you try different combinations, I think you're going to, um, you know, you're going to you'll find the best combination for you. Okay, so that is my uh, <clears throat> that is my sleep uh, advice for today. So that's it for this week. I uh, hope you guys got some good tips this week. And again, uh, we'll be back next week with a another show on health, healing, nutrition, fitness, and wellness talk. So until I speak with you guys again, have a great week and be well. A lot of us are looking for ways to start our day feeling more joy and appreciation. 
And while some of us write gratitude lists or do yoga, others pour themselves a bowl of their favorite cereal, Honey Nut Cheerios. Because not only are Honey Nut Cheerios delicious, they can help lower cholesterol as part of a heart-healthy diet. So maybe the secret to a great mood all day is a little yoga. Then writing your gratitude list over a bowl of Honey Nut Cheerios. Learn more about a heart-healthy lifestyle at Cheerios.com. Check out the latest footwear innovation from Adidas, the AdiZero Adios Pro 2, which features carbon fiber energy rods that are both lightweight and precisely tuned for a more anatomical transition. Everything from the ultra-light polyester upper to the re-sculpted midsole and the reinvented outsoles are designed for speed. Visit adidas.com to learn more today.